3: The Brighter Side is brought to you by Audible.com. Go to trial.com slash Brighter Side for your free trial.
1: Check it on her mouth. Oh, All fuck right. yeah. I got yeah, some yeah. meat.
4: I got some organ meat. Yeah. I want to eat that organ meat. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> fuck up in
1: the middle of an animal.
4: Oh, yeah. I want to feel that blood in my mouth. Oh, my God. Mm. There's
1: something good about snowing. Because like, if you eat a little muscle of, a, of an animal, you're like, oh, they can keep living. But if you eat their liver... They're dead. They're dead forever. It's good to know that you get them. It's comforting. Yeah. Oh my god. If I could eat the throat of every animal, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) like like if you're a cheetah and you just like got his jugular. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Just Just save save me the throat, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Next time I go to a steakhouse,
4: yeah, I'll have the. uh, throat cut. <laughs> uh, Weird. We're talking about wrath. We're joined by Mr. Diego Lopez. Hi. What's, What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> <So> much? <laughs> yeah, there you go. that racist or not. Is that racist or fun? It's
2: <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs>
5: you know, nowadays I can't tell
2: the difference. It's, uh, we're
4: laughing. That's all I care about. Who knows? He is an MMA fighter. Yeah. That sounds for mommy, mommy. Ew. <laughs> 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 <It's> definitely <laughs>
5: <laughs> I fight a bunch of moms. In oh a cage. my God. What
4: does it stand for, MMA? Mixed,
5: mixed martial arts.
4: Oh, that makes sense. It does make yeah. sense. What's your favorite sort of arts?
5: Uh, Brazil, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is probably my favorite. Oh, uh, that's where you
4: shave, you wax each other's pussies? Uh huh. just lay well down. They, do other countries have
5: their own Jiu Jitsu? No, so uh, it, was, it started as Japanese Jiu Jitsu, mm-hmm. and then uh, this guy moved to Brazil, and they adjusted this, the art finally and made it more about leverage instead of strength and speed, and that became Brazilian Jiu Jitsu.
4: More about leverage instead of strength and speed. Yeah. So it's about, like, throwing someone down? Or- well, it's once the fight's already on the
5: floor. There is some some takedowns in uh, traditional Gracie style, which is a part of Brazilian jiu-jitsu was a long thing. Fight uh, like a snake, like in a jungle, Brazil. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, it's just about being smarter than the person and not yeah. wasting energy and just using
4: leverage and knowing how to isolate a part of their body and oh. then break that part of the and body. quote, chauncer to them, because he's smarter than Exactly, them. much smarter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you would admit, like, being a part of a fight, we were talking about this earlier, you really want to diffuse the fight first before you get into it. Yeah,
5: it well, if I'm in a street fight situation, my main goal is to not have a street fight. Yeah. yeah. That's a nightmare. Do you get and- in more trouble because of yeah. your martial arts background? Yeah, I, I teach some cops, and I've asked them about that, and they're like, well, if you get arrested and you go to court, they're going to look into who you are, and and since you have this training, and you should know better, you will get into more trouble. Oh,
4: interesting! Man. Yeah. I knew a guy in college who was a real asshole, but he had to get his hands certified because he was a black belt karate. Is oh. that is that that's true? a lie? That's, no, that's a lie, right?
2: I w-
5: if I ha- if that existed, I would have that in my wallet because I want it more than anything.
4: Really? Oh, yeah. he was a liar. He's a liar and an oh, asshole. He- <laughs> <laughs> good, good, good. He divorced my friend. So, oh, that's yeah, awful. What yeah. happened? Did he cheat on her? I don't know. Well, he's also a philosophy major. He was a philosophy uh, major with a a martial arts background. So everything, he was just always better than you at everything. You know what I
1: mean? The last thing I want to do other than think about it is talk about it. (laughs) 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 No, thank you. He was a piece of shit. let me sit
5: in a room and deal with it.
1: So Uh what made you want to become an MMA
5: fighter? You said you did it late in life or later than most. Yeah, I I moved to New York at 22 and I was bored and my friend asked me if I wanted to go try out a kickboxing class and I was hoping Hooked. Yeah. And I'm a very uh, obsessive person. I don't like using addictive. I think uh, obsessive, I mean, like addictive sometimes will make someone think that you don't even enjoy what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. someone's addicted to cigarettes, but they can hate cigarettes. I, I love things so much that I just completely become obsessed with it. Uh, and I started training. And then after a few years, I, I decided to try a fight out. And then uh, uh, So you I trained thought, for more than a few years before your first actual fight? I started training in 2009. My first fight was in 2012.
4: Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm sure it's like stand-up comedy, you know. I mean, I'm guessing from my personal experience, you do open mics for like two or three years, mm-hmm. and then you do your first show.
5: Yeah. yeah. Um It's the kind of thing where like you, there's so many, it, mixed martial arts, there's so many chances of being, of having a, a fault that you want. Mm. It, the whole game is to just avoid having a fault. Yeah. <laughs> so Because someone's going to find it, they're going to exploit it. That's the game. It's not about being really good at anything. It's not about being not bad at something. Oh. So you have to really cover your bases. So it takes a while to get, Decent, um, oh,
4: really. So you got to be good at like karate, jujitsu, <laughs> jitsu, judo,
5: wrestling, sambo, striking, which is muay thai, boxing, all that. It's just a lot you have to deal with. Oh my! And god And then there's the cardio, the the strength, the flexibility, mm-hmm. the mental side of it. It's a it's a lot you have to think about.
1: So I I might be way off base here, but you seem like a normal straight shooting dude. You yeah, know, like, you don't seem like a like a like a crazy dude. Most uh, fighters aren't. Yeah. So do you see red in the ring, or is it still just always like? playing a game of basketball
5: no my my goal when I fight well, well, my my initial thing was I wanted to see how I would deal with that situation because I wasn't I was bullied as a kid and I didn't do well I was terrified of confrontation Mm -hmm. and I wanted to get over that part of my life and my goal was to see how I would deal with it if I would freak out or get scared or let the emotions take over um, but my goal when I fought was to be void of emotion, yeah, and be sort of robotic and just do what I had to do, do do the goal that I wanted, and leave. I, I never, I was undefeated. I never raised my own hand. I never cheered. I never yelled. I was just there. I won. Good. Thank you. Bye. So
1: you're undefeated. How many wins? Uh, six. How many yeah. knockouts? Uh, no knockouts. Submissions. All
5: submissions. Uh, Jiu-jitsu. Four submissions. Three submissions and uh, decisions. Oh. Holy
1: okay. shit!
4: What was your first fight like?
5: Um, it was weird. man. And I was in. Was, I was in, It was in New Jersey in a in a basketball like a, a school's basketball court. Um, a bunch of friends made the, the drive down, and I fought towards the is well same thing like in shows where they book a lot of people, so like they'll bring their one friend. Uh-huh. They, they have a lot of fights, so they bring a few yeah. friends, so it actually makes money. I was like thirteenth fight out of twenty or something, and was it was like two minute rounds, some shit like that. It's this? Uh, three three minute rounds. Okay, and um. The fight started And I was I've been an athlete So I've dealt with High pressure situations Like I played hockey My whole life Mm. So that aspect Wasn't alien to me But just the fact Someone's trying to hurt me That was new Um Fight went three rounds I won towards the end Of the third round With a rear naked choke It was very Uh not even happy just, I, was, I, was just, uh, so I was just Glad I was over That's all it is yeah. I'm just like Alright cool I'm safe I can go eat pizza now And hang out with my friends yeah. and Enjoy my life Sometimes I get like that In
1: a high pressure show When I got a lot of lines Or something As soon as it's over It's like thank fucking it's god relief. It's
5: relief It's
1: You're all never- done yeah.
4: Also with an MMA show is One of my greatest fears And that's your shin bone Going inside itself oh. I've seen those videos online Yeah yeah they break And that's fucking horrible You see yeah. some
1: gnarly shit up close
5: um, Not a lot I mean I, I've seen someone's ankle snap I've seen uh, a few people pass out And that's it, There's something very instinctually wrong About seeing someone pass out Yeah or because you, it hits they're you. about to die Yeah it hits you in the gut man It, it feels awful um, we used
1: to do it to ourselves for fun when we
5: were kids. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people used to do that. It's yeah. weird. Uh, California dreaming, we called it.
2: Um, <laughs> do you ever we feel bad? Wall hits. Wall hits? Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> do you ever feel bad when you make somebody pass out? You like, um, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It
5: depends on the situation. When I, the hardest part to me about fighting was hurting a person that I was, I could have been friends with. Like we're very similar. We had the same faults, the same journey. But that's like a real fight. Yeah, like yeah. a cage fight, but and someone hurting me in, in the street, which hasn't happened since I haven't been in a street fight since I learned how to fight.
4: Really? Yeah,
5: which That's is unfortunate. Think, no, I'm happy <laughs> still.
2: <laughs> I want to test myself. No,
5: I know who the fuck I am now. Yeah, I don't need someone yeah. to, to to prove it to me in the street. So, if I'm training, let's say I'm just sparring with someone and I drop them with a punch, mm-hmm. do I feel bad? No, um, because they're an adult. They know what they're doing. I'm not trying to hurt anyone when I spar. I'm trying to make it realistic without going full full clip. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's going to make that person stronger and better. And, and, again, it's the same thing for me. If someone drops me, which I've been dropped a million times sparring. Yeah. yeah. It's Thank thank you so much. I'd rather my friend find my fault than some stranger. So.
1: Well, yeah, because you shake, you get up, you hug each other, you know. It's like,
5: yeah, oh, you know. It's just, yeah.
1: That's
4: why I've, I've always appreciated about fighting. People always shake each other's hands before and after the fight. Yeah. It seems like you really respect each other.
5: Yeah, absolutely, because not only is this person someone who's making you better, they're giving you a reason to make yourself better. If, if I didn't go to bed every night knowing that there's this dude training his ass off to kill me, I wouldn't be working hard. Yeah. Mm. And now it's just made this... Thing in me where I can't stop working hard. I just have to work hard or else I think someone's going to kill me. So it's just, (laughs) it's now this thing that I'm so happy that I have, but it's because of these strangers who want to hurt me.
4: Yeah. You brought up an interesting point earlier about having something to prove. Yeah. Do you think um, that? Ultimately, makes you a stronger fighter in the end, having something to prove, as opposed to being maybe physically better or at the right age to start it.
5: It's almost like a childlike factor where you think you have something to prove to your father or your brother. To me, it's my dad and my brother. That's mm-hmm. that's been as I get older, I realize that's the only thing that I care about is making sure they they respect me yeah. and are proud of me. Older I don't brother, know, older brother, and yeah, the middle child. Who would have guessed? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think it, it, it your family moves. ever watch you fight? Um, not nah, no, no, no. They live different places. My brother watched my last fight. Uh, it was live streaming. Oh, okay, and that was cool that that he got to watch it, but not in person. it's um, intense, though. Yeah. Uh, Especially I, for him. Yeah, he's he's super supportive now. and uh, Not now, but super supportive in general. Yeah. But uh, I think he'd be fine with it. My dad hates... My, my parents hated it. Mm-hmm. They're super supportive. They want me to do what I want, but they're like, we don't want to watch that.
1: And we don't want to watch you fight. But
4: you think a father would be like, my son's a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
5: that's what he says to some people. You know? Yeah, I'm sure he <laughs> says it to somebody, but I don't know. He, he was more like, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to, yeah. to be, uh, you know, punch drunk, but... I didn't do it for that long so. Yeah, you only bad. did it for a couple of years and so it's not going to happen to you. You used
1: uh being around did you see any of those guys who Punchy maybe dudes. stuck in a little too long, maybe had some
5: CTE? Um a little bit, a little bit where you can see, but there's still like the only guys I see are usually people who are still fighting. That yeah. stuff kind of comes along a few years after they retire. And then the, the 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 symptoms kind of show, but it's kind of terrifying and very sad. But mm. MMA actually isn't as bad as boxing or no. even football. Yeah. No, because there's there's more options. Yeah, I can you kick you in the body tap out or yeah. exactly. Yeah, the, the more options, the safer the person. So is. it's probably the safest option of the three. Of those three, I would say yes. It's pretty crazy. Uh, and <laughs> when I watched if I, I watched football recently, and I was blown away about how Dane, Like someone grabs you by the legs and starts spinning and um, to take you down, like you're going to tear your legs apart. Absolutely, it's That's so insane. What Even, happened to Bo Jackson. Yeah, exactly. He broke his femur. He stopped himself and broke his own
1: femur. I can't remember. He threw his he was his hip. He was his hip. He it's was insane. running too fast and someone grabbed his back leg. and yeah. he did it himself.
5: That's insane. And, and well, I was and my friends were watching wrestling and I was blown away by how fake fighting is more dangerous than real fighting because
4: they're all flipping up in around. They're trying the to make make it
5: look this like this grandiose thing where mm. f- real fighting is simple clean lines in retraction underneath take them down whatever it is but no one does backflips and fights but they're doing it all the time that's the real dangerous part of it mm.
4: I I do respect the fact um, of learning the craft of fighting. I think that if you have a... um, Some people are born with this innate scream inside of them, and I think you should learn how to cultivate it in whatever way possible, whether Mm -hmm. that be comedy, fighting, sewing, whatever you have to do.
1: Mine was weed. Yours is weed. (laughs) And you cultivated that.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Did you fight a lot when you were a kid? No, I got beat up a lot as a kid. I got yeah. my 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 role just in the fight was just uh, as like a punching bag. Like I don't, Did I you, moved uh, around a lot. I went to a bunch of different. I went to four different middle schools in three years. Like, me oh, too. Yeah, I think that's what what's given me two things. It made me funny because I had to be personable mm-hmm. off the top, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it just made me really stubborn about fighting because I hated getting beat up. But yeah. yeah. I never picked I never started a fight in my life. Yeah. yeah. Do
4: you think a lot of fighters were uh generally as children beaten up or do you think they were the bullies?
5: I think a lot of times it it boils down to it was kids who were athletically gifted, but didn't have a good outlet for it. Mm. But in terms of bullies, I, I, I've never really talked to a, a fighter who was like, "Yeah, I was a bully growing up." Because I don't think a lot of bullies. Even I've never heard someone bullies, say, "I was a bully." Yeah,
1: bullies get hammered, and you know, by the time they're twenty, they're you know big, fat losers, usually.
6: Yeah.
4: You and know,
1: that's because, but, you know, people who go train every day, that's not a bully. That's someone who has determination.
4: hmm But also, bullies are probably bullied by older people like their parents. Yeah, They're exactly. probably the victims of some real shit. Yeah, so
1: uh,
5: most yeah. bullies smoke cigarettes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My old man put a cigarette out of me.
4: Uh,
0: <laughs> there's a lot of
5: that, yeah. So, I, in terms of, of <clears throat> fighters, most of the fighters that I've ever talked to who are high caliber, UFC level fighters, they're, the sweetest people in the world because again they have nothing to prove, they want to be yeah. friends with everyone, and they I've never met one. Well, let me make sure that's true. I've only met one, but he was an opponent uh, who was disrespectful.
1: Oh, uh, so was like trying to get in your head, or do you think he was he, actually just a shitty person?
5: Maybe probably both Yeah We we had a fight We fought He was the only person That ever dropped me in a fight mm. I got dropped like immediately And then the fight continued And I got to a point Where I choked him unconscious But the bell rang So he's out The bell rang And the ref didn't know what to do So he called it a no contest uh. And then afterwards I'm like I went to shake his hand He didn't shake my hand And he wanted a rematch I'm like sure Whatever and it was like he just kept talking shit the whole way to the locker room because, like, it, you walk down the same hallway then it splits. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't... Why are we talking? I just beat you. I'll do it again. I don't care. Yeah. So it's just weird to me to, like, be a mean guy It's not my style So when you say he dropped you Like he punched you in the face And you fell down He punched me in the head And I went from standing To laying down Being punched in the head I don't remember anything In the middle oh. Yeah so I, I came to With him between my legs Punching me I was like Oh this is not good uh, So I wrapped him up And was able to, to uh, sweep him Which means I went from The bottom position To the top position um, With a jiu jitsu technique um, Luckily how long they let you sit there and keep getting punched in the head before they step in? Was um, it like, is there like a number of punches? No, the, the rule is if someone's intelligently defending themselves. Okay. So if if I'm covering up and trying to push away and trying to move, I'm intelligently defending myself. Yeah. If my hands are up and I'm just laying there, that's no longer intelligently defending yourself. Mm. So it, it's more about protecting the fighter yeah. because they're not going to tap out because you you if you tap out from strikes, that's almost embarrassing. But again, I'm not judging. Yeah. Um, where in, in, in boxing, I've, it takes a lot more for a referee to step in and wave it off without a knockout. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit different.
1: Also, there's like 12 rounds instead of three. Yeah. Which is a whole nother monster. Well, it also depends on lot. what level you're fighting. Of course, of course. Uh, now, it seems to me, you know, I might be completely wrong on this, but it seems to me that MMA has taken over as far as like boxing is concerned like it's more people are watching
5: MMA than they are boxing uh, would you say that's a safe uh, assumption or? I would say that the MMA is bigger in a broad sense but the the peak of boxing is still bigger than MMA so boxing has a few stars that are just so popular right now A uh, Canelo, a Triple G um, Floyd's out now uh, Andre Ward these f- yeah. four or six guys who are just at the so powerful but MMA I think is bigger in, in total it's two different types of fans but usually there's a, an overlap in the in the fan Yeah. Um, I think since boxing is one dimensional the uh, layperson is more attained by MMA because more things happening it's easier to pay attention but unfortunately what that means is if an MMA fight goes to the ground where it becomes more technical it's harder for people That don't know what's happening To understand who's winning Yeah It's bo- That part becomes boring Unless so they, they,
1: one of them Like picks the other one And starts slapping Exactly
5: her. Exactly When when that's I've, I've watched smart. a lot of fights Where to, That's when it gets Really fun to me When it goes to the ground And there's like Small technical things Happening Yeah and people start booing I'm like why are you booing These are two people Doing something amazing And you have no idea yeah.
4: Oh, Do you ever get a boner Whenever you fight another dude I've never not had a boner <laughs>
5: <laughs> It's the best way to scare him Yeah <laughs> your, your, your dick goes right into your body When you fight it, There's no reason for it to have a cup It's just right yeah. in your body That's really? so weird Yeah your body gets no, Your body knows you're scared
4: It's like a natural instinct Oh That's yeah it's like a turtle Yeah Whoa. <laughs> you know, there was a general, it was a guy called General Butt Naked. And yeah, yeah. He, yeah, oh, him. yeah. Yeah. Libya. Libya. He'd take it. He and his child soldiers, they would take their clothes off and they would just huff fucking paint or whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they fought naked. And it was a big scare tactic. Because imagine a 12-year-old boy running at you with a knife. You're going to be naked. You're be like, I don't
1: know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what to do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to touch him, but you, you got to, you I You got to
5: do something. You're like, I'm going to defend myself. I'll use my feet.
4: I'm not touching <laughs>
1: I guess that's probably why they
5: get shot so much.
4: So much. There was this uh, exhibit at the Natural History Museum and it's the blue whale exhibit oh. and the blue whale their heart is so big that toddlers it's can the size of an elephant. Yep, yeah, toddlers can crawl through it in fact. And they had like a life-size um exa- a piece of it and these uh, you know and they were like crawl through and they were like you're too big to fit through Amber and I was like I'll show you and uh, so I went in <laughs> and I crawled in and it was just me and then I crawled in and it was like three just Little babies inside, just alone, no cameras. <laughs> and I was like, I oh, gotta you go. Missed your yeah. <laughs> I like, you could have
1: gotten one. I
4: could have molested one. I was like, I gotta go because one of these kids would be like, she touched me, yeah. and like my life is over. Yeah, you know it. what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm scared to be around kids these days. <laughs> yeah. you know, You want to, you want as many adults around as possible. You don't want to be alone with a child ever.
4: Absolutely no. All they could say is like, he touched me, and your life is fucking <laughs> over.
1: Even the it's mother And It's just, there's such a power these children have. God, what are you gonna? It's like Salem Witch Trials for pedophilia. <laughs> I don't
5: think they really know that power or even think in that term. I teach kids. It's it's like don't tell them. Yeah, don't tell them that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever
5: you do, don't say anything about what we learned here. No, there, it's, that's been one of the, the coolest things about. Martial arts to me. So now you fighting. teach kids how to fight. Now I, te- I teach adults, but I also teach kids. Yeah, I teach. The, uh, I teach at Williamsburg on May in Brooklyn, Aww. and I teach uh, like uh, five to eleven or twelve year olds. And it's been the most awesome thing ever. Damn. Super rewarding. You
4: should put that on your Tinder profile because I'm telling you, women's pussies are going to open up like the fucking Hoover Dam. Oh, I
1: teach children note. how to fight.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Hoover Dam
1: doesn't open up, by the way.
4: Oh, shit. It's, the it's all It's <laughs> all
2: Shut down. Well, you know, it's
5: wrong animal thing. coming do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, good one. yeah. It opens up every 12 hours. <laughs> oh, you, know, you
1: watch out.
4: What <laughs> was like? <laughs> What was, like, a wonderful breakthrough moment you had with a child, you know, where they, like, learned something that you taught them? There was
5: this one kid... Uh, who was getting bullied And he's super shy He like wouldn't talk much He was getting bullied And I talked to him after class And like yeah, Look a lot of people get bullied Blah 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 it's, it's The person is bullying you Not because of who you are Because they don't like themselves And about their home life And you're really lucky Because you like your home life And it's going to be a phase This person might keep being rude Or not might, might, might not It's kind of part of it And uh, He went to school And came back a few weeks later well, He came back every week But a few weeks later He told me how He talked to his bully and how the bully kind of not necessarily understood, but it felt that he wasn't afraid anymore and mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't messed with him yet. And that the mom told me about it afterwards, and I was in tears, of course. To- That's, crazy. That's amazing.
4: Yeah, because yeah, oftentimes bullies, they, they can smell fear in somebody. Yeah, and they- they're cowards. Yeah. yeah. They don't
5: want to attack anyone who will, who will stand up for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, most of them just actually just want money. <laughs> 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 so
1: you ever been in any, um, tell me about any real fights that you were in. Maybe because you said you were younger, though.
5: Yeah, I was a teenager. Like I, a teenager? Uh, it was uh, I started. What was the last real fight you were in? Wow, it must have been like 2006 or seven, where I was hanging out at a bar. And all my friends in South... So- I grew up in South Florida. Hey! I hey. thought uh, you looked for me. All right. I'm from Boca. Oh, that's great. Uh, like Cooper City, Davie. Oh, scenario.
1: we played you guys. All right. What'd you play, did? Uh I played uh, Olympic Heights football. Nice. Yeah. Oh, um, well, look at us.
5: <laughs> we play Cooper City for the kickoff classic every year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's great. I didn't play football, but... Uh,
4: I love the bond Florida has. Well, I guess every state has it. Well, nuts. Florida.
5: That's a, it's special
4: though. Florida special because everyone hates Florida. us. Florida, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. People, yeah, Florida gets shit on a lot. And I'm also I got the Florida <laughs> Jersey connection as well. Oh, My really? family's from Jersey. That's so funny. And I grew up in Florida. You know, so I get I got it twice from nice. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Two
5: negatives equals a positive. Yeah, that's right.
4: <laughs> I was did. born I
5: was born in Patterson, New Jersey, and grew up in South Florida. Oh man. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
4: You guys gotta hug at it out, oh, we, we will. We
5: will. We'll try off lights
2: and get <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I
4: love it. One time I saw these, like, I was, like, drunk. I was, like, outside of a bar, and I saw these two men, and they, they weren't drunk. They were just sort of, like, just dudes at a bar. And they, they one of them turned to each other and they said, I love you, man. And the other one said, I love you too, man. And they just hugged each other, but it was so genuine yeah. and joyful, and I started crying. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. You
4: get, Men get drunk enough. We we show real emotion. They weren't even that drunk. Yeah. They were just, like, sort of drunk, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. not enough to drive, but, like, they could still operate a forklift. You know what I mean? Yeah. I
1: mean, my buddy just had a kid. I, you know, I was tearing up the
5: moment I saw him. You know, Aww. we grew up, we were best friends. You know, it's it's a special bond there. Yeah. That seems to be the thing with, like, dudes and, like, especially, like, out of high school into college where... They could only really uh, show their feelings for their fellow dude when they're drunk. And that mm. kind of gives them an outlet to be like, I love you, man. Yeah, we're always they're always hugging on each other like eh, yeah. kid, no judgment. Now we're all drunk and having fun and being, uh, you know, affectionate and it's OK. It's a kind of weird outlet. It's for okay,
4: for But I'm saying you don't have to be drunk. Just, you know, the men listening to this podcast. I know the world tells you you have to take your emotions and shove them down into your gut. But really show them. To, you know, you you got a guy friend, and just hug him. Say, "I love you. I love you, man. I appreciate you." And that's nothing but good in the world. Hell Anybody yeah. that calls you a faggot, you tell me who they are, and I will <laughs> come down and I will MMA fight them.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, I think we got to uh, wrap this interview up. Thank you cool. so much, Diego, My for pleasure. stopping by, My Mr. Pleasure. Diego
5: Lopez. Do you have anything you want to plug? Twitter? Uh, any com- shows coming up? Uh, or? yeah. Check out. I have a web series online called Ropa Dope where I talk to comics about being in a fight. Oh it's my cool. god! Uh, you asked me
4: and I was like, yeah. I was in like a child. Na, 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 na. And you're
5: like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you want to come take a class, Williamsburg and MMA, come by. Yeah. Park, How yeah.
4: much for a class? Yeah, we'll much. talk about later Okay. <laughs> oh <Okay, okay.
1: laughs> yeah, Diego. Thanks for coming by buddy. Thank we'll uh, we'll be catching up soon. Cool. Thanks guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye
4: riggedy riggedy wrath yeah coming at you with a knife with a gun with a sword with my bare fucking hands baby yeah we're talking about that rage that fills your hole that is human skin (laughs) All right. Erupt the anger that is inside of
6: you. Let it out. Let oh, it out. Yeah.
4: Na, 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 na. Volcano of emotions. <laughs> That's Cena John, everybody.
3: Hey, Amber Nelson, good to see you. Hello.
4: It's wonderful. Mary Kelly's here. Hello. And we're joined with a man uh, who has experienced wrath personally, Doug Smith.
6: Hi. You're smiling now, but there's I uh, we see the wrath inside uh, of you. I've been smiling the whole time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always look on the bright side.
2: <laughs>
4: That's us. That's us. Now Doug has a big scar on his face. Um but you have a mustache over it, so you can you don't see it.
6: I mean, it kind of it kind of hides it. You look like when I'm clean-shaven it's much much more prevalent. but mm-hmm. it's faded. It's faded over the years.
4: Yeah, he's like a pretty wild man. Yeah,
6: I need the guy to I need to find him and have him touch it up. Right, or so do you do you need a plastic head. surgeon to to do some yeah. work on it. My brother is one. He could
3: do some, he could do some stuff, right? Yeah. It. Touch yeah. It do you want to be Asian too? You want to be a little Asian? You can do that as well.
6: That as <laughs> yeah. Well. Stretch it out a little bit. It never hurts in the comedy biz, yeah. to have the diversity in the yeah, mix, right? Absolutely. <laughs> can he make me gay too? Yeah, I would like. Yeah, I would like a gay and a more Jewish-looking nose, I think would help me a lot <laughs> in this business.
4: So you got attacked with a box cutter, huh?
6: Yeah, yeah tell I us I mean, the story. Like, it this- was just like a plain like razor. It was like one of those little uh those little box cutters that have, like, a little plastic casing around it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm.
3: So set the scene up for us. What? How did this all go down?
6: Uh, it was six years ago. I was leaving Cabin, the show formerly known as Cabin, mm-hmm. Rest in Peace. Rest in Peace. Mm-hmm. And, um... I went down into the Second Avenue subway station, second in house. First it was like mistake. 10 o'clock. First yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People ask me if I go back in that station. I'm like, no, I don't. But it's because it's like, I think that station smells it's worse warm. than any other station yeah, in the it's city. It's a bad one. Just the stench of rat shit is ungodly. Mm. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I went down in. It was like 10 o'clock at night. That's a pretty busy station on a, on a Thursday night. You yeah. Know? And, uh, I go down and I swipe my card, I go through the turnstile and there's a woman screaming and behind her is a guy and he's like groping her ass and grabbing at her. He's not trying to rob her, he's just really trying to rough her up. Mm. No one's doing anything and uh...
4: There's people around?
6: Yeah, there's people around and no I think, I think some people, I actually for, at first thought they were like, I thought they were a couple Mm. and I thought they were like, that's a domestic disturbance, I'm not gonna get in the mix. And then he threw her against the wall and he punched her in the face like... With all his might Oh my god Throttled her And still nobody said anything And you know? I yelled Everyone's out Everyone's just ignoring Yeah Yeah Oh, That's it's like the, a Kitty Genovese way, thing Terrible Unfortunately people are Like oh, I'm minding my own business So I uh, I'm a very non-confrontational Person So I, I You know I was like I have to do something But I was like uh, what I yelled out, I said, hey, buddy, that's a lady.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I yelled me. it, though. I really yelled it. Pardon me, sir. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and he was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't notice. <laughs> <Yeah>. I forgot <laughs> my glasses.
6: Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so he kind of looked at me like, well, yeah, I know it's a lady, dude. I know what I'm doing. And then he hauled back to hit her again, and I yelled, I, you know, remove buddy from the equation. <laughs> I said something like, get your fucking hands off of her and I walked toward them at this point. He lets her go, She goes. she's screaming her head off, she runs out of the station. She took the punch like a champ, he like oh. hit her hard and she didn't go down.
4: Oh my god.
6: She ran out of the station and then he turned to me and by this point, obviously you know they had just come off a train so everybody that had just come off that train was gone. There was still like a couple of people going down into the station, but that mezzanine area was pretty empty at this mm. point. So he now, he's now coming at me, he's got a crazy look in his eye, and he's like, what you gonna do, motherfucker, what you gonna do? And I'm like, my heart's pounding out of my fucking chest, and he's, uh, he's got me backed against the wall, and I'm like, well, I've never been in a fight before, and I've always, I always kind of wanted to get in a fight, just to see what I was made of, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, what better time than now, right? So it's like, alright. Did you tell him
3: now. you've never been in a fight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Did you> tell- <laughs>
6: This is you
3: my know, first I, None of this, man. My first time. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give
6: me a minute. <laughs> Let me play the Rocky theme song in my head a couple times. So he gets me uh against, you know, like kind of pinned against a wall. I have nowhere to go. So I step in and I take a swing, but I'm about as far away as I am from you right here. This I'm like, I'm like five, a feet. five, six feet away. <laughs> so just a big swing and a miss Were you drunk? No, I wasn't. Stone cold silver. I maybe had like one beer one two beers over the course of like three hours not even enough to give you those beer muscles yeah not even enough yeah no liquid courage in and, me whatsoever. And so, what were you feeling
2: anything,
3: though? I was a little tired when you even like approached. What was like? What was your kind of emotional state? Did you? Would you feel like? Were you more trying to defend the girl, or were you in a state of like I want to stop
6: this guy? Like I'm angry at I was the guy. Like, I want to fuck up this guy. Yeah, you know, because she was already gone at this point. So I didn't. I could have just run away. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. could have run away. I could have easily just ran down the stairs and escaped. But I was like, no, I'm gonna fuck this guy up. Yeah. So, I clearly did not fuck this guy up. I and, swung and missed. And then he pulled then, out a box cut? No, so then he stepped in, hit me, he punched me, and uh, I came back, and I kicked, I kicked him in the stomach, and then he went running out of the station, and I felt like, you know, I was like, I felt like king shit. I was like, I showed him, motherfucker, and... Uh, then I went turned to get, go down the stairs to get on the train to go home, and a woman coming up the stairs saw me, and she was like, oh, my God, you have a massive laceration on your face. And I looked down, and blood was just pouring <sighs> down my jacket.
4: And you didn't feel so it because your adrenaline was going. I
6: didn't feel it, and I didn't see it. He just had this thing. He had the blade just, like, tucked between his knuckles. Ooh. So, I So I don't know... That's, an, that's another thing. I don't know if he got her with the blade, too. I don't think so, because I feel like I would have seen blood on her face when she ran out of the station. I don't know if he had the blade in his hand the whole time, and he just popped it out when he hit me or what. But I didn't see him, like, reach into his pocket or anything. So I had no idea that he had a blade in his hand, you know? That was so not felt- his first rodeo. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. Well, they actually, not to jump ahead too far, but they, they caught the guy three days later outside the same station he was just a homeless guy who had no priors other than panhandling and public intoxication so that i think that unless he just never got caught before i think that was his first day wow. at the rodeo wow so was
4: he fast moving or slow moving like a zombie <laughs> Like
6: <laughs> he was i mean he was fast enough he was 51 years old oh, <laughs> was 51 year old homeless guy so um
4: I keep picturing, like, you know when you look at their ankles and they're all swollen yeah. sometimes? Oh, what is that? Yeah.
6: Uh, I think it's gout, right? Isn't that I uh, I don't know, Area. is it either gout or it's like untreated diabetes when they're just like swollen and scaly and cracked? And, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think uh, it's gout. Is it's it?
7: apparently very common. Yeah. What is gout? It's oh, like horrifying. Middle, it's inflammation of the joints. <sighs>
3: yeah, and basically like a lot of like fluid gets down in there. And it's like when you, uh, it happens when you don't, you're not eating properly, which, yeah, if you're homeless.
4: Yeah. I always see their feet and their ankles swollen, like the toes just kind of crusted out. you, you know? just like,
3: get some socks. I know. You know, get come socks, on. Get like little
4: corn <laughs> chips, little Fritos on the end of their toes. Get
3: some smart wool and some Birkenstocks and get it, get it going it's already, right? Get it together. I was talking to
4: some guy in the park, we were having a conversation, he was like talking about his tan lines and I was like, you got to get some like <laughs> suntan lotion, man. That's bad for you. And then he goes, he's like, oh, okay. He goes, picks up trash. And I was like, Oh, he was a homeless
7: person. <laughs> 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 okay. For some reason, oh, I feel like that's remind. a common occurrence <laughs> yeah. for you, Amberly. Like you just talked to somebody like, you...
4: Oh, you're homeless. <laughs> you oh, got it. so
3: well. You gotta get some suntan lotion and a home. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so, this, this guy had very beautiful ankles, by the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. He, yeah was he was obviously fairly God. nimble
6: to have. He was nimble. He didn't look like a homeless dude. He was. He, you know, he wasn't you know covered in his own shit or wearing plastic bag shoes or anything. He was. He, he was fine looking.
4: First day at the rodeo.
6: Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it might have been his first day of homelessness. It's you're, you're just pouring blood out your face at this point. Yeah, still feel nothing, you know, because my adrenaline is pumping. And, you know, that, it was such a sharp blade, just, you know carbs through your skin now, like hot butter. Does,
4: does your mouth open with it? Because it's right by your mouth. Was it like a whole... Yeah, so
6: I was very lucky. So it didn't go It didn't go all the way to the corner of my mouth, uh-huh. so I wasn't like, you know, my like mouth didn't like double in size, <sighs> and it didn't go through, so I couldn't like stick my tongue out. Oh, It was wow. deep. It was very... It looked like a second mouth, because the skin was just Ooh. splayed wide open, but, uh, and also... Obviously if it was lower it oh, would yeah. hit my jugular and killed me and if it was higher nice. all the nerve endings in your face are up like near your cheekbone uh-huh. I would have had paralysis on this side of the, <sighs> on my face so I would have like I would have had like a droopy like Harrison Ford looking face But you would I have, have a picture I so, can show you
7: guys. You yeah. would have been so
6: much funnier though in any of those <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's it before. I we had saw had yeah, I've up. seen that.
7: Holy shit. Oh my shit. god. By the way, that's the first image that comes up if you type in Doug Smith Comedian. So congrats <laughs> on your fame.
4: Oh my God.
3: <laughs> your search engine optimization awesome. is on point, Doug. Yeah. I love
6: it.
4: Ooh. You could put a penis in that and fuck it, is right?
6: You, right? I'm surprised that you didn't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you, you get it stitched up. You did you ever get to a meet the victimesses in there? Did you, depending depending you ever get to the meet penis. the the girl that... No, but here's the thing. There was another as I was going into the station, there was another girl that was running up the stairs who was screaming and his she was hysterically crying, and I was like, "What the fuck happened to this chick?" Turns out he had roughed her up moments prior to me going down there to him fucking up this other chick Oh so my he God. was just on a terror that night.
4: Oh yeah, and he would have never been caught. If you no. didn't intervene, and like nobody would have stopped him, he would have just been punching that woman in front of people.
3: Yeah, and what, they would
4: have let yeah. it happen. What yeah. is
3: it? What what is with us that we would just let something like that happen?
4: Well, there's this um so, like a psychology rule that happened whenever a woman, unfortunately, she was beaten and raped in a apartment. The Kitty Genovese case, yeah. And because everybody thought, oh, somebody else will handle it. The more people that are around, and a crime goes yeah. down, the less likely it will be handled or reported.
6: That's nuts. interesting. It, it just doesn't. Yeah, everyone just passes the buck.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You do it.
7: You do it. You do it. Yeah. So it's called diffusion of responsibility and the bystander effect. Oh. oh fucking unbelievable. I well, would've... they teach people now that if you're having an emergency, you're supposed to, like, make eye contact with one person and be like, you need to call the police.
4: Yeah, that's If good. you're
7: getting attacked by someone. Yeah. You
4: do it. You I mean, I have Well because otherwise people will just keep walking like it's not my problem. If but
7: don't. if you make a connection with them, interesting. then they have to riddle them with guilt. Uh,
4: yeah. I, I had a show last a few weeks ago, there was a dude that hit the ground really, really hard, like his head bounced. And I kind of I took a sip of my beer. I looked around and like nobody was going to help him. So I just picked him up and I had to bring him to the next room and like make sure he's he's still cognitive. He's OK. But it was pretty interesting for like a solid moment. People were just going to, like, let this dude just hit the floor. But I picked him up. I'm still. Yeah, surprised. I mean, it
3: doesn't make any sense to me why we want to. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just something that's in a, a few people that they just want to engage. Like, one of the things I love about this city is that we can just engage people in the battle zone of the streets and the subways of New York. Yeah. Uh, I was on the train with Ben Kissel one time, who, by the way, is not a bodyguard. Don't ever think because Ben Kissel is six feet, seven inches tall, he doubles as a bodyguard. the first to scream. He's the first to scream. If if there are two people in the room and it's me and Ben Kissel, I am the strong, tough one that will engage. So we're on the train and there's this guy who has a shirt... That's like kind of a joke about HIV, but it says, like, I'm positively HIV. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he was, like, yelling at people. I don't know if he printed the shirt himself, but he was, like, one of those semi-homeless guys that was just, like, a little crazy, and he was going up to people and whispering. And he was a black man, and he was whispering the N-word to them in their ears and then yelling it, and then he would come up to other people and do the same thing, and people were just so uncomfortable, and they, he was just making a big deal and saying the N-word to people and, like yelling. At them and stuff like that, and meanwhile, I've got I've got my back to him. Now we're on the train. Ben's looking at him, so he's facing me. And Ben, you know, his head's hitting the thing. You would think Ben would be able to step in and say, "Hey, buddy, why don't you knock it off?" This guy though comes up to me and he just comes up to me and says the n word like five times in my ear. But you know when someone whispers in your ear and it's got you could like feel their hot breath oh, on yeah. your face. His
4: AIDS breath. Brought- I like
3: <laughs> erupted. I got. I was like a switch went off, and the only thing I did, I turned around and I went, boom, and then, and then the guy jumps back and he was like. Oh. And then he, was, then he looked at me and he's like, ah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the whole tray is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my
2: that's
6: God. That's all he wanted was for someone to make up for the peekaboo his parents never played with. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, yeah. that's, you know, when you, got, you get angry, it's it's not necessarily you have to be violent. You could just, like, use the com- the dark comedic arts to, to, to defend other yeah. people and stuff like that.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes people Why just want to fuck that? with others. <laughs> hey, dude, want to hear another? Knock-knock
6: joke? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been calmed by the knock Why knock? didn't I start tickling the guy?
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Sometimes people just want to be stopped, you know, and they're like, somebody stop me. Let's see how far I can take this. But
3: what's interesting to me is, I want to hear bro- from both of you, but Doug, you've never been in a fight. You said, well, how is that possible? Or like, where did you grow up that there was never a time when you were
6: in a fight? I grew, <clears throat> I grew up in Ridgefield, Connecticut, okay. which is about Great. an hour north of here. Case closed. Very quaint. <laughs> I call it the bubble. It's just very quaint, you know, like upper middle class, you know, typical. What what you picture Connecticut to be,
4: that's, nice. that's it. Everybody's got a so, fence and a dog.
6: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of still like fucked up shit. You know, it's like bored rich kids. There's, you know, plenty of drugs and, you know, all sorts of horrible shit that goes down. But I still, I don't know. I just never got in a fight.
2: But you have, like,
3: maybe rough housing and stuff like that, but never, like, a actual fight fight. Yeah, never. Amber, I feel like you've been in a fight, I'm sure, right?
4: Uh, No, maybe when I was a little girl in the playground, but then I quickly learned that people don't like that. And then I didn't—I've been using my words, knock on wood, ever since— I've been in several fights. Really? Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, yeah. I got picked on, so I mean, I, you know, one of the jokes run out. <laughs> <laughs> you got the fists to, to rely on. I don't know. I, I feel like I've always been a fiery a fiery person, so maybe the wrath has always been in me. I think I get that from my mom, maybe, Yeah. <laughs> just don't take shit after uh-huh. a certain point. But I don't know. It's maybe not the best trait to have. But wrath kind of drives you. I think sometimes you got to let the rage
4: out. And you stick up for yourself. It's important to have. Yeah, yeah.
3: Would you engage someone again like that if if you saw someone in distress?
6: Yeah, I mean, part of part of this whole thing is like I figure now, like it can't. I mean, it can get worse than what happened to me. I could have been killed, but I kind of feel like I kind of got that out of the way. It's like. Now it's like, I feel in a, in a weird way, not like invincible, but I feel like I got this horrible thing out of the way and now I could like confront people without, is it going to, is it something that bad going to happen again? I highly doubt it. Uh-huh. Maybe it will.
4: And you got a sweet scar. Yeah, so I was going to question you. You could
6: just look at someone and be like, this isn't my first rodeo.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mary, have you, you ever been this? in a fight? Mm, no, I have been like punched though. Oh. Oddly enough, I'm the most violent person in the room here. Okay, oh. <laughs> <laughs> But
7: you got punched? punched. Yeah,
4: Mary, what happened?
7: Uh, I was. Uh, <laughs> you look <laughs> like, so I sad. You look like a baby deer just died. Oh, was, it a, was it a
4: boy? Did yeah, you yeah, kill him? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
7: No, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, I'm gonna uh, but no, him. I've never like punched someone. Oh, back. I'll fuck
4: him up. Really? Is he in New York? No, where is he? is down south. All right, I'll get a ticket.
6: <laughs> we'll take Doug down there too. One we'll we'll look at Doug, and they'll be like, oh man, I fucked up now. Uh. I feel like I'd rather get punched back than get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs>
4: My brothers used not to like take me away. out and they'd be like, punch it like they I'd have to punch a tree or their stomach or something and I, and they were like, You punch like a little girl and I'm like, I I am a little
7: girl <laughs> <laughs> I make sure you're growing up just punching alligators. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, take it. What there's, you a, want.
3: there's a lot of like rage and stuff, at least with the election right now, whether you're like a Trump supporter or a Bernie supporter, I feel like there's like at each of their rallies there's an uh. equivalent, if not like a negating amount of violent force Happening between yeah. the two uh, oh. What do you guys feel As as observers of this How does it make you feel That this is how we're kind of Expressing ourselves right now
4: Well there's a lot of people That are very engaged And very active And concerned with how uh, America is right now And where it's going uh, Whatever side they're on And I just I, I, nobody, I don't think anybody Really had a clue And this election was a spotlight On just our emotions Running tense in America
3: yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, we've always been like, okay, be polite about the politics. Don't talk too much about it. If you have something mean to say, just say it quietly into the pillow uh, when you go home at night. Yeah. But now it's like there's there's a platform for rage yeah. On on in both sides, I think. And people are out screaming and yelling. So, so I, nice. I really don't know what to really make of it. It, other than like, I'm kind of shocked, but not surprised at the yes. same time.
4: Bernie supporters were always—I uh, found the scariest. My boyfriend went to a uh, Trump rally, but he—he he did it as a bit. He, I think he had a hospital gown. He had the hat on, and he's going brains, brains. <laughs> and the joke was, those transporters don't have brains, whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And but these Bernie supporters surrounded him, and they started being physically violent, and the people had to shut off the cameras and go. They're like, we have to go now.
3: Have you ever? Uh, have you ever? Are you politically active? Do you ever get fired? Up about politics to the point where you want to like kind of scream and yell a little bit.
6: I'm I never have been politically active. I mean, I feel like this you know this election you kind of have no choice but to kind of get involved and pick a side. Um, I grew up a Jehovah's Witness and they're like they're neutral. So I my parents were not politically minded at all. I was not encouraged to be politically minded. So like I feel like I'm still. Playing catch up in a way, you know. Yeah, no but Halloween for Jehovah's Witness, right? That's the one thing no I know. Halloween, no Halloween, nothing, no holiday, no holidays at all. <laughs> oh, but, no Christmas. It's no birthdays. So it's the wrath. of Christmas for everybody else. It's been brewing in you for a while. Let's <laughs> <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs>
4: Do
6: you raise your baby as a Jehovah's Witness? No, 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 no. I I'm vehemently opposed to Jehovah's uh. Witnesses now. And your parents? Are they still uh, Jehovah's? No, my mom. My mom died when I was 17. She's the one who spearheaded the whole thing, and then my dad and I kept it up for like three years, just because it's you know it's it's a very tight knit community. It's like all we knew, mm-hmm. so we kept it up for three years. And then after after three years, I was like. I can't fucking do this anymore. And I thought my dad was going to be devastated. He was like, Ooh, thank God
2: you said (laughs) something. Uh,
4: (laughs) What do you Uh, do every Sunday? Do you get together and knock on people's doors?
6: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Is that what, is that, is that what happens?
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
6: I was knocking on doors from the time I was old enough to talk. Whoa. Uh, Like, you know, four or five years old, just knocking on doors with my mom, just not even Mm -hmm. saying anything, just batting my eyelashes and holding, you know, handing them a, Uh, some of their, JW propaganda. Wow. And what's the sales pitch? Um, basically, you don't you don't announce that you're a Jehovah's Witness right off the bat because that's you know a surefire way to get booted. Mm. Um, basically, you just say you're doing a, a, a Bible based volunteer work, and uh, you try to highlight the positives. You know, so like Jehovah's Witnesses believe that there's going to be an Armageddon, and that. Uh, <laughs>
4: It's <laughs> like real casual. That's not that's, that's like one of the things you want to highlight. But wait, uh, don't
7: Jehovah's Witnesses believe that uh, only a certain number of people are getting
6: forty four thousand? And there's like going, more Jehovah's Witnesses than that. Yeah, there, there's many more. Oh, no. So there's like there's an allotted few that go to heaven, but then the remaining Jehovah's Witnesses that don't go to heaven. If you're like an upstanding member of the religion, and you uh, you know follow orders and fall in line. If you survive Armageddon, you will live forever on a paradise earth. Okay. Which sounds terrible to just live forever with a bunch of other Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) Even as a kid, I was like, that sounds shitty. You know, I'd rather just like Have fun and die at a normal age. Also, that's
7: a big caveat. If you survive Armageddon, yeah, 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 yeah.
6: absolutely. Yeah, it is. You're just living in fear your whole life. Like, will I survive Armageddon? (laughs) And they also believe that. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses that have died, if they have lived their their lives in an upstanding manner, they will be re- resurrected after Armageddon to live on this paradise earth.
4: That's just so much work, and it's so much to wrap my brain around. Like, who thought of that? So specific. Yeah. So specific. So, so one
3: hundred and forty four thousand. It's like the in Islam, we have a seventy two.
6: How'd you get to seventy two?
3: How did you, how did you, how many, how many yeah, times? Who's doing the math on a lot of these
6: things? So the only, the only holiday that they do celebrate is the anniversary of Jesus' death. Because according to the Bible, they're, it's, they're very by the book in terms of following the Bible. So in the Bible, that is like the only religion, that's the only holiday that Jesus said to celebrate was the anniversary of his death to commemorate him. So on this day, Nisan nice 14 on the Jewish calendar, they pass around like a goblet of wine and some unleavened bread and supposed to symbolize the blood and body of Christ and people who believe that have had you're supposed if you if you're one of the 144,000 it's supposed to come to you in like a premonition or like you have a dream that like you're one of the chosen few so most of the time you know you're just passing the shit along and nobody partakes but every now and then you'd see somebody take a sip from this goblet of wine or take a bite of the bread and you'd be like it's like amazing. You're like, oh, you're one of the 144,000, you know, but it's very rare to see that.
4: Wait, they ha- why would they, <laughs> what? I know, I you- know. Could you just take a sip and I be like. I love
6: how I'm talking about it, like it makes any fucking sense. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you sound so, so confident about it. brainwashed I was.
4: Wow, can you like sneak a sip and be like, psych, <laughs> I'm going I'm in so there. fucking
6: lush. So do you have a lot of anger or resentment towards that period of your life? <laughs> I did. I did for a long time. Uh, that was I've been in therapy for a long time, and for oh, a hell yeah. for a while, that was like a main talking point of just my resentment, and feeling like I was yeah. denied a, an adolescence and a try. You know, no holidays sucks, but it's it's like I was born into it, so I didn't know what I was missing out on. You yeah. know, it's not like I had five Christmases and then they were taken away from me. You know, so I never really knew what I was missing out on. Uh, the hardest thing was like that they. You know, once you become a teenager, and it's like you can't date. There's no premarital sex. You're not you're not allowed to masturbate. I used to have such guilt about masturbation. I used to put five dollars in a jar to donate to the church every time I did it.
4: They have a As new like- steeple. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's now a
6: bank. <laughs> I used to do- I used to do a joke about it. I was like, oh, we need a new roof. Hey kid, here's a music video for Fiona Apple's <laughs> Criminal.
2: That's <laughs> a <laughs> work.
4: That's funny. Yeah, a religious background that does uh, that gives me some wrath personally cuz I was yeah. raised very Southern Baptist. I think telling a child they're going to hell is a form of child abuse. And I think these people doing that should, you know, Child Protective Services should go into their home and take the children away.
3: And it's also like yeah, not I giving agree. the kid the, an option of what's out there about spirituality will, can create a lot of anger inside of them as they grow up. Because then if they do start seeing what else is out there, they're like, well, what the fuck am I doing here? None of this kind of makes sense to me. And yeah. now they're probably going to deal with it in a range of different
6: ways. I mean. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. A lot. I've, I've seen a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses who were so repressed for so long that when they did finally leave they just totally fucking went off the rails Mm -hmm. you know
4: I used to work at a gym and this dude who I think he was misunderstood people always called him an asshole but I kind of like talked with him a little bit he was a body dude whatever bodybuilder. um and uh, I found out that he was a Jehovah's Witness and at like 16, 17 he was caught having premarital sex and he had to leave his family leave his community they would never accept him again and he had so much rage inside of him that he only knew how to get it out with working
6: out that's it yeah that's what happened my brother was my older brother was disfellowshipped. that's what happens when oh. you get caught doing something that you're not supposed to do um, he uh, actually no he he wasn't disfellowed he disassociated himself Disfellowshipped is when you get caught doing something and they kick you out disassociated he was so disillusioned by the whole thing that he wrote a letter to the congregation saying I want no part of this I don't believe in this he he basically voluntarily cut himself off but then my parents, and I could have no contact with him for years oh. and then finally he got married he had a kid he was you know an upstanding member of society it's not like he was like some junkie lunatic yeah. who was he could have been though he could have been yeah how
4: old was he when he left
6: 21
4: okay um, so you
6: didn't talk to him for four or five years uh yeah yeah all wow. my all my siblings one by one kind of fell off and left and so I've they're all much older than me they're 14 16 and 18 years older than me so I had there were there was a good stretch of time where I had very little to do with all three of them because my parents were so again so brainwashed into thinking that they had to cut off all times all ties with them to like punish them and teach them a lesson that's basically the mentality is like if we stop talking to you and you're banished from your family you'll come back
4: Oh, my God. Now, did your mother pass away before saying goodbye to her children?
6: Uh, I mean, she... she. It was kind of this weird thing where she had contact with him, but she was very conflicted about it the whole time. You really? mm mm-hmm.
4: So she passed away, and, like, your brothers and sisters never really um, sat beside her hospital bed or anything?
6: They they did. They did. I mean, it, you know, there, under circumstances like that, it kind of goes out the window. You know, yeah. know what I mean? Um, but... There, there was a definite like strain there where she felt like she shouldn't have anything to do with them, but she of course wanted to, you know, especially once when they started having children, you know, like my brother who disassociated himself had two children at this point, so she wanted to see her grand kids, you know
4: That's so disgusting. So, imagine, yeah. I imagine some people are just like, no, no, I still want to just die and not see these people right. Oh my God, oh no. <laughs> it's so sad. I hate it all.
6: Yeah, I really, I really brought it down. No, this is no, how this do is we find the bright side? Of this? <laughs> no, the bright side well, is the, I, yeah. I, go I,
4: ahead.
6: I can tell you. I can tell you one thing that I immediately was able to find the bright side in is uh, in the Jehovah's Witness congregation, as opposed to like the Catholic Church, where there's one priest or one minister or, or whatever. Jehovah's Witnesses, everybody is kind of an equal participant in the congregation. So, like on Sunday, there's more than one church service too. So there Sundays. Tuesdays and Thursdays we'd go to church three times a week.
4: Yeah, I went to as well.
6: And um, basically everybody that wants to in the congregation can uh, get on stage basically and like give a basically like a sermon to the congregation. So I was doing that from the time I was eight years old. Oh. Before I was even tall enough to reach the microphone at the podium. They would like they would roll up. A, a soapbox for me to stand on.
4: You're like, my toys. My <laughs> <laughs> guy said my toys are super cool. <laughs> so you're getting all- great
6: stage time as a kid. <laughs> yeah, totally.
4: Do you ever remember seeing anybody that was just like batshit crazy doing their minister?
6: Oh, yeah. There was like, it it draws in some very weird types. You know, there were people that were illiterate. That couldn't even really read, and they would just be stumbling through these Bible verses, and you're just like, oh, that's right in that religious wheelhouse. They're stage pressed, they terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, like, kind of always took a liking to that part of it, Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, I got a lot of encouragement. I mean, basically, what you do is, like, you read a couple of Bible verses and then just, like, do some commentary on it, you know?
4: That's nice. And,
6: uh, That was like, so I never really had a fear of public speaking or anything like that because I was doing, I was getting up in front of 80 to 100 people from the time I was eight years old, you know? Do you ever do like mics in the city It's like, man, I got
3: bigger crowds when I was a Jehovah's (laughs)
2: Witness? (laughs) (laughs) Nice.
4: I was singing as a kid in Southern Baptist Church, but women were very much, uh, you were, women were, because you were talking about how everybody's sort of equal. Women were were not. Uh, You were expected to never speak up in church. Um, you could not be a deacon. You absolutely, absolutely could not be a minister. You could do some choir work and you could sing, but that was about it.
6: Yeah, you didn't well, do the speaking in tongues thing. That was that different.
4: No, that's a uh, Pentecostal. I think. Got it. Yeah, yeah.
6: Well, I, I think I might have gotten a little carried away by saying everyone is equal. I mean, the the elders in the congregation were all men, but in terms of like who could give presentations to the mm-hmm. congregation, everybody at that point was, you know, it was, it was an even split between. Between men and women. Yeah. Um but it's been it's been eleven no, more than that, when did I leave? Thirteen years since I went to a Jehovah's Witness meeting. Wow. That may have even changed. I don't know. Maybe women are allowed to be elders now. I highly, da- I highly doubt I highly doubt it. But maybe. And you
3: have a child now. What are you what is your views on like raising your child with faith or spirituality or, or wrath for that none,
6: matter. None. None. <laughs> I mean I basically just totally swung in the other direction. I wouldn't say I'm like an I wouldn't say I'm an atheist, but I'm definitely uh I guess agnostic. Right. Know? Yeah. <clears throat> um I think that's something that you should let your kid decide on his own. You know? Yeah. I think it the, I think it's like you said, I think it's cruel to force your child into a religion that they want no part of, you know.
4: Yeah, especially religion that's so hell-based. Yeah, Everything, you're absolutely.
6: Scared. He's entirely yeah.
4: terrified.
3: It's like when I go to a Catholic wedding, I just see crucifixes like every five feet on the wall. There's just just a death corpse of Christ on the wall. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like,
6: where's all the love? Where's all the happiness? Why don't we get like, let's get positive with religion, you know? Yeah, everyone's motivated by fear. It's terrible.
3: Yeah, and also drinking and eating the blood and the body kind of thing always freaked me out, too. That seemed like a little Rob Zombie-ish to
2: me. I never understood that. I don't know
6: why we always had to do that. See, if it was put in those terms at the time, I would have thought it was cool.
2: (laughs) 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 Rob Zombie does it. All right.
6: (laughs) Just pour it all over your chest <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right well I think we should probably wrap it up then yeah I think well this was great I mean is there anything else like at the end of the day right doug you, the wrath helped you yeah. gain get to some like higher plane of, of kind of thought or confidence in yourself or what would you say
6: uh yeah I mean it's it's the Je- well the Jehovah's witness thing gave me a greater appreciation for life because the first 20 years of my life was just so sheltered yeah and I was kind of trapped in this bubble, so that's been, you know, there's been a downside to that too, feeling like I have to make up for lost time, but at the same time, I'm so grateful to not be a part of that anymore, Mm. you know, that it's, that's kind of a wonderful thing to kind of see things in a whole new perspective and, and kind of have left something far behind. Yeah, Yeah. so you're not one of the
4: chosen few that goes to heaven,
6: okay. I I will die a fiery death at Armageddon. (laughs) Um, and then in terms of the whole face slashing thing, like it's been great fodder for comedy. You know, like the, I remember standing out there on the street that night, just bleeding all over my shoes, being like, "Oh, at least I'll get a new fifteen minutes out of this." You know. <laughs> and then I made a, a web series out of it about like um play like an urban survival. Oh, I saw that was very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been yeah. I mean that that the first like three months after I got slashed, I probably got more spots than I do now. <laughs> you know, because people wanted to hear about it. So it's like. Great for comedy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's good. Uh, well, Amber, what about you? What about wrath for you?
4: Uh, live, laugh, love. You know what I mean. Uh, wrath. I can be uh, an angry, angry person. But every once in a while, I have to just kind of breathe. But I think anger is what got me out of Louisiana. It got me to New York. It got me pursuing the dreams and the things that I want to do. So yeah,
3: yeah, I would. I would really. I would echo that statement. I think. I'm my rage has always, I think, been a little bit of an issue. But I think in my older years, I'm you know I'm 32 now. I think, I think I've calmed down a lot, and I don't flip out as much. But I do think it is like a motivational thing. It does drive you a little bit when you get fired up about something. Mary,
7: I, I mean, I agree completely. I think wrath uh, is just an emotion, like every other um, emotion that you can use to be either. Uh, uh, proactive in reaching your goals or you can let it destroy you. Mm. So I'd love to
3: hear what the people in the Facebook group are out there that are listening. Send us a message uh, on Facebook or something about when you kind of express some wrath or in a good way or a bad way. I think it'd be cool
6: to explore and talk about. Uh, Doug, do you have anything to plug? You were, I think, on Conan recently. Is that right? I was, yeah. You can check that out. It's on the Conan website on YouTube. Um... And I'm gonna be at uh, Philly Helium this weekend. Okay, uh, yeah. is that uh, is that's in Philadelphia? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
6: <laughs> but, uh, and then, uh, and then, what's your Twitter handle or social media? Uh, or Twitter handle is at Who Doug Smith, and all three episodes of that web series Secret Weapon are on there. Excellent. Check them out. Awesome. At Amber Smelson. That's correct.
4: I got some out of town gigs coming up, but can't remember where they are. <laughs> so follow me on Twitter.
3: Uh, I'm at Cena John. I'm just sitting perfectly still in Brooklyn right now. Mary? (laughs)
7: Uh, You're listening to Cave Comedy Radio based out of the creek in the cave in beautiful Long Island City, New York. You can follow me at Mary J. Bulge on Twitter or MJ Bulge on Instagram.
4: Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right.
3: For more shows like the one you just listened to,
1: go to cavecomedyradio.com. Price drop. Time to shop.